doesn't need to be changed. It doesn't need to be freshened up. Jesus is alive. That is enough. God, may we just relax today and worship you in spirit and in truth, knowing that no matter what is going on in the world, you are on your throne. And because we serve a risen Savior who is Christ the Lord, we have victory. Lord, may we act like it. May we experience it. May we thank you for it, even today. Bless the music. Bless the message. Bless the messengers as we seek to please you here in this place today. Lord, I pray beyond all things. If there's someone who does not comprehend what Jesus has done for them, that through the preaching of the gospel, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, I pray today they would realize there is no hope without Jesus. That they would place their faith, their trust, their hope, and their future in your hands. Confessing their sins. Calling on you to forgive them. Lord, in repentance. Lord, save them even today. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we hope that you have come. The worship, the choir is prepped, primed, and ready to go. We just rejoice with all of our visitors, all of our guests. Make yourself at home and enjoy the day. Sing with us, worship with us, and may we leave this place as missionaries excited and on fire to go tell the world that Jesus saves. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to take a few minutes, uh, not a few minutes, about a minute. Uh, stand up, uh, greet those around, tell them Happy Easter. Uh, he is risen and they come back and worship with us.
Hallelujah. Christ has risen. Lift up his name. He is risen indeed.
but God made it impossible, once and forever possible, at the cross.
Jesus, I thank you for the cross. And thank you for inviting those who are weary to come and lay our burdens down at the foot of the cross. For it is at the cross that we are reminded that by your death, our death is paid. And through the power of the resurrection, you were raised to life for our justification. Thank you, God, for the cross.
are you tired? Jesus wants to give you rest. Burden? He wants to take it for you. It's time to stop thinking that you can settle your own accounts with God on your own. You can. And deep down you know you can. And don't think that you've gone so far that God can't possibly take you back. He loved you so much that he gave his son to pay for everything you've done. Jesus paid it all. Come to him. He wants every part of you. Let him have it all.
my sins are gone. And I can rest on your unfailing love. Thank you, Lord. Romans 8, 38 says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord.
eternal life. Today we stand and proclaim that He is our risen Lord, our risen King, our risen Savior. She had had nightmares and 
he wouldn't listen to her and he was under all political pressure and they just looked at each other one night and said, man, what a day. What a day. The Roman soldiers, no doubt, went home on that day that Jesus died. Those guys that were out there casting lots for his robes. The ones that saw thunder and lightning and darkness in the middle of the day and saw the Son of God die. Went home and said, what a day. What a day. Many times in our lives, what does the day mean? What does the day bring? We have meetings on Monday. We have meetings on Tuesday night. We've got ball games on Thursdays and Fridays. And we've got this to do and this to do. And we've got graduation and we've got to study on this day. And we're getting married on this day and the child's due on this day. And all these days begin to kind of run together. We miss the significance of the most important day of them all. I'm going to read into your listening a verse that we use for a band-aid. The temporal fix to our temporal needs. And yet, I think and I have for my ministry overlooked the depth of what this verse means. Look in Psalm 30, verse 1. I will extol or praise thee, O Lord. For thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and you healed me. O Lord, Thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His. And may I say, this bunch did their job this morning. They sang unto the Lord. And give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. Now please, please listen to the reading of God's Word, the inspired, infallible, God-breathed words of verse 5. For His, God's, the eternal Creator, the Lord and Master of the universe, His anger endures but a moment. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but it endures for a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. That's sweet, isn't it? But well, we've seen it as, oh man, I've had a rough day. Oh God, if you could just give me a little bit of rest, and your joy will come in the morning. I've told you my testimony of praying for sunlight in the ICU room. Praying, dear God, I need some light in my life through that spiritual warfare. And this verse meant something then. 
But I want you to know that in the midst of time, God inspired the psalmist to write this verse, Weeping in years for night, the joy cometh in the morning, not just for our temporal needs, but for eternity. Do you know that in Genesis alone, there are four types of days, day, the way that a day is defined. And here's the really cool thing. He said, weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Do you know that God's day begins in the evening and ends in the morning? Everywhere that He created a day, and each day that He created things, He would say, and the evening and the morning was the first day. And the evening and the morning was the second day. And the evening and the morning was the third day. God's calendar for us begins in the evening. And in these four types of days, there's 12 hours of daylight, verses 9. He said in verse 5 of Genesis 1, And God called the light day, and the darkness He called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. There is the 24-hour solar day that He speaks of here. First, He speaks of as I have said, 12 hours of daylight versus the night. But then in the whole of that creation, the evening and the morning, 24 hours of solar day. Stay with me. It's not just a science lecture. The third type of day is a period of light that began with creation, light. When he spoke light into existence, he spoke of it as day. But then, in chapter 2, verse 4, these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. The entire six days of creation was declared the day. A day. And how did he end it? He ended it by saying, it is good. It was perfection. There was nothing that could have been improved on. There's times in our life we think we've had the greatest day that you could possibly imagine. And, and, and for us, in a temporal issue, it, it, it seems like they probably could have been better in a few other ways. You talk to someone who's very driven in sports, and you ask them, even when they won, what do they think? They say, well, could have done a little bit better. I, I think, you know, it, 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 that one time at bat, I missed this, or that, that one lap that I didn't get into the turn rider, there's always something left on the table. But when God did it, there was nothing left to be done. It was complete, and it was perfect. And then we messed it up. And here's what we see. Verse 5 of Psalm 30. It says that his anger, his anger, God's holy wrath, his anger endures but a moment. What is this anger? For God not to judge sin would make him less than holy, and a less than holy God is no God at all. So if you're walking through life thinking that somehow you're fooling God or that God just loves you so much that He's going to write you a hall pass 
on your sin, you're living in a pipe dream. And it's a terrible nightmare, honestly, because you're going to wake up to find that God's anger is kindled against sin. God will, has, and always will judge sin. There is no sin, no pet sin, no white lie, no big murder that escapes the judgment of God. Do you get that? But then he says that judgment, that anger, endures but just a moment. In the New Testament, the Lord speaks about how that one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as a day with the Lord. And he's not speaking as literal, but that God is not limited by time. And so a thousand years is, in our perspective, just a day. And so throughout time, God looked down through eternity after He had created man in His own image and man had chosen to rebel. Brought sin and death upon all mankind. God's anger was kindled. For in that you eat of that tree, ye shall surely die. And Adam died. And he died. Abel died. Abraham died. Isaac died. Rachel died. Leah died. Joseph died. John Phillips said that the book of Genesis begins with creation and ends with coffin. And that it's more about death than it is life. As we see the result of our Transgression. You say, I wasn't in Genesis. It's the Adamic sin. It is the sin that man has brought upon itself that passes from generation to generation. It is the imputed sin that comes down from Adam and through our families, through our parents. Do you realize that you do not have to commit sin to become a sinner? That you were born a sinner, that's why you sin. You see, his anger is the judgment of sin. But thank God. Jesus went to pay it all. That's why his anger endures for a moment. He put a crown of thorns on his head. Drove nails to his hands and his feet. They beat him with a cat of nine tails to the point that no doubt his ribs were showing as they had pulled flesh off of his body. Now they didn't break a bone. Not one single bone broke. And as he hung on the cross, he bled out. They come around and break his legs because it was getting toward nine. Four times of the evening when it got to Jesus he had died. And just as an added insurance they took a spear and pierced I believe even to his heart. As he took that spear and went up under his rib cage 
even piercing the sack of the pericardium to where all the blood and the water, the Bible says, to the very last drop poured out. Say, preacher, why do you have to be so graphic? Because I'm going to tell you something. Sin is a graphic. Watching someone writhe in pain as they draw their last breath is graphic. Dear friend of mine and a mentor in ministry is at this very moment being moved from a hospital to an acute care because of a disease that they can't do anything about. They were hoping to get him on a transplant list for his lungs, never smoked, never drank, preached the gospel all over, served Georgia Baptist. For many, many years. And because it had moved so rapidly, he went from trying to get on the transplant list to completely passing it. And now it's between, as it always has been, him and God. How can a man like that, a man who's raised his kids right, Served God, preached the gospel faithfully, been faithful to his wife, set an example for others. Why? Why does this happen to have to happen? Because he's a he was born a sinner in flesh, just like you and I. It's not just the good that died young. There's only been one of them. His name was Jesus. Where am I going with all this? I want you to understand that in our life. It is nothing but a night of weeping. There are bright spots, and I don't want you to be depressed. I don't want you to go away thinking life is just hard and it's meaningless. I'm here to tell you that weeping will endure. It will continue for a night. Joy's coming. This is not all there is. ISIS is not going to be victorious. The ones who threaten to burn down a mom-and-pop pizzeria because they stand for biblical marriage, that group will not be victorious. Matter of fact, they're not doing too well now. To GoFundMe, they've almost raised a million dollars for that Christian family who said, we stand for biblical marriage. Chick-fil-A seems to still be there doing all right. My family did their part yesterday. You see, life is hard. There are some very tedious, strenuous, stressful days, but the worst of them all is the day that we realize the death of our depravity. You see, it was a night of weeping. And we see this. This weeping literally means sorrow. A sorrow that can't be touched almost. It's just that, that deep pain that people want to come around and say good words. But those words can't seem to affect it. There is no band-aid. There is nothing 
but the balm of Gilead. He said that it's a sorrow of sin. When Adam sinned, it brought sin upon all mankind. And sorrow ended in, it, it entered into the world. Think of the brokenness of Adam and Eve. They're sitting there one afternoon, looking out after the garden. Eve's not feeling real well. Those of you who have studied the curse understand what I'm talking about. Eve's not feeling well. And Adam don't have any patience for her short-tempered moodiness because he's been out plowing. He didn't have contractors, y'all. And they're sitting there griping and complaining and whining. And news comes, one of the sons has killed the other. <coughs> what do you reckon that kind of day felt like? I'm going to tell you what I think it felt like. I think they looked at each other and said, all this is our fault. We did it. Well, we can point at Obama. We can point at ISIS. And we can point at the left wings. And we can fly, or point at the rainbow flyers. And we can point at this. And we can point at everything else. And the abortion clinics and everyone else. But I'm telling you, they are not the ones charged with the revival. They were not charged with the Great Commission. It's born again believers who know God and know Jesus Christ. They were called. Tell the world. You want to change abortion clinics? You want to change homosexuality? Love them in Christ and lead them to a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There's enough bad press on Christians anyway. Don't show your ignorance in hatred toward the lost. Love them in Jesus' name. It does not mean you're compromising. It means that you're standing firmer than anyone. For Jesus stood before all sin. And in that sorrow, gave his life. It's the sorrow of sin. In the Adamic sin, it's the sorrow of suffering. Our own personal suffering that we go through from day to day. When we have heartaches, when we have trials, know this. That it's going to continue for a little while. The joy is coming in the morning. This is not all there is. As my preacher would say, Woo! I don't know about you. That makes me just a little bit happy. When I stop and meditate, that this is not all there is. Pollen's going to be gone. Amen? Are you? Taxes are going to be gone. Man, if you can't shout right there, you've not looked at our church forever. DUI deaths are going to be gone. Prisons are going to be gone. All this little suffering is but just for a season. The joy comes in the morning. 
understand that in this night of weeping was the sorrow of the Savior. He said in Luke 23 and verse 33, and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. Jesus wept as it was great drops of blood fell from his head in the garden. As he stood and cried out to his father, on Mount Olives over Jerusalem, he wept, oh Jerusalem, he wept, oh, my family, my friends, my creation, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how would I have taken you as a mother hen would have taken her brood under her wings and nurtured and protected her and yet you would not let Jesus is not a robot. Yes, he is God. But he's also man. He knew what it felt like to hunger, to thirst, and hurt. It's the sorrow of the Savior in the night of weeping. And this night will continue. We'll continue for a little while. For a moment, but in his favor is life and joy comes. Favor comes in the morning. His favor, we saw his anger in God's anger, his judgment of sin, and we see that the cross became the payment for that sin. But his favor is redemption from sin, and that, my friend, well. That's the resurrection. See, you can hang a cross around your neck. You can staple it to the dashboard of your vehicle and hang it on the wall of your house. But the empty tomb is what sealed our victory. Amen. 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 If I'm not mistaken, there were three people hung on the cross that day. That's right. Yes, none of them were perfect, but the one in the middle. <laughs> There's others that died on the cross. There's only one that's risen from the dead. There's only one buried in a borrowed tomb. Because that, he said, you know what? I, you know what? Let's, let's just put it on a three-day rental. I don't need it long. You know? He walks up. You know, they love to sell grave plots. They want to sell as many as they can. Well, you've got all this family, and so they sell them all. My mom and dad bought five. And all three of us boys are married now, but they told us. Daddy took me out there a long time ago. He said, oh, here it is. I'm going to be buried right there, and your mom's going to be buried right there, and there's three right there, so y'all need them, y'all have them if we're not here. And, of course, at the time, it probably, but, hey, it's reality, you know? They love to sell all those things. Can you imagine what that salesman must have thought when Jesus walked up there? Well, we've got this beautiful, beautiful garden tomb. 
this laid out right here. It has a mag, just majestic view for your family as they come by. And their sorrow, I believe that this would be the kind of place that your family, you would want to have. He said, nah, yeah, it is. I really like it. You know what? I'm only going to be here for about three days. So, you know, just a little short time. That's all funny, ha ha. That's real. Jesus is alive. They didn't steal his body. He didn't mystically pass out of their sight. the grave. It's a morning of joy. You saw the night of weeping, but joy comes in the morning. Let me tell you what kind of joy. Very early in the morning. Upon the first day of the week, they came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah! And it came to pass is that they were very perplexed. Two men stood by them in shining garments. My favorite verse in all the Bible is coming up. Get ready. If you want to shout right here, if you've never shouted, it'd be a good place for you to interject one. And they were afraid, bowed down their faces to the earth. They said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? For he is not here. He is risen. Church, that's our Jesus. Stop looking in dead things for life. Stop looking for temporal to bring you joy. Joy. Unspeakable joy. Amen. Comes in the morning. Joy of creation. He said in Genesis 1.31 and he looked over that creation and said it is good. We see joy in God's heart in creation. We see a joy of completion on the cross. John 19.30 to the left side. It is finished. We see a joy of completion. Even as Jesus shed his blood and died, there was joy, joy, unspeakable joy, joy in the completion that salvation's plan had been sealed, never to be broken because the blood of the Lamb had been shed. It's a joy of completion. It's a joy of compassion. Isaiah 53, verse 10 said, And it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Now, it didn't mean God laughed, but it was God's will for his son to take your place. Church, I'm here to tell you there's a lot of really pretty people here today, a lot of handsome young guys. A lot of very respectable looking older gentlemen as well. The truth is, there's nothing good in this room. Except for the person and power of the Holy Spirit, God Himself in us. Jesus died to set us free. There's joy 
even in his compassion for us. It pleased God for Jesus to die for our sins. Stay with me now. We don't have any evening service. You need to hear this. This is Easter. You need this. You need Jesus. You need him. You don't need me. And look, we need church, but we don't need it unless we need Jesus first. We don't need to be better. We don't need to be nicer. We don't need to be prettier. We don't need to be smarter. We need Jesus. The only thing that's going to fix us is the joy of compassion and that it pleased him. But notice, and this is where it ties it all Psalmist may not have gotten the whole glimpse of it, as I haven't for many years. But looking back, looking at this verse, as God inspired David to pen, weeping in years for night, the joy comes from in the morning. He's looking through all looking over the period of all creation. And that day. He speaks of the day of the Lord coming, that great terrible day. He looks back and he sees perfect creation. He sees man's sin messing it up. And he sees that judgment and weeping that endures throughout the nights of our lives. Those nights will remain. The darkness of this world will continue. But make no mistake about it. In eternity, Sunday's coming. Sunday is coming. That first day of eternity. He said in Revelation, <coughs> chapter 21, verse 6. And the joy of what's coming, he said, it, it is done. He's not making it up as he goes. He's not waiting on us to try to figure out what he needs to do. He said, it is done. I am Alpha, the beginning. I am Omega, the ending. I will give unto him that is the thirst of the fountain of water, of life, free. It is done. The beginning, the middle, the end. He is God. The joy of what's coming. Well, in chapter 22, he showed me a pure river of water of life. Clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And I hate to burst y'all's bubble. We sing of streets, plural of gold, verse 2, in the midst of the street of it. And on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bear twelve manner of fruit, yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now hear me. Weeping endures for a night. But in the joy of what's coming, there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. And they shall see His face, and His name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, Remember the creation, evening and morning, daylight and dark. We be in your 
There shall be no night there. There shall be no weeping. There shall be no sorrow. And they shall need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light. They shall reign forevermore. Church, no more night. No more weeping. All is shining. For Jesus is the light. As they come, this very respectably, if you're saved and you know it, I want you to begin to pray right now for the lost person in your midst. Don't be so callous and think you're going to heaven, that's all that matters. Be still and know that He is God. Pray for somebody lost in your midst right now. This is Easter, I have no doubt in my mind. Though I do not know the hearts of men, I know the statistics of God's Word. And He tells us that there are many who are lost and on their way to the devil's hell. And Jesus died to set men free. And right now, somebody, you, needs Jesus. You need to understand that your weeping will not end until you see the light of Jesus Christ. You keep telling yourself you're good. Man, get over yourself. Your good will take you to hell. If you could be that good, Jesus would not have died. But He is good. He is great and He died for you. And I don't care young or old. You may think you've outlasted somehow the penalty of God. We think we'll continue to endure until you fall on your face and plead the blood of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 said this, looking, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our, finisher of our faith, who for the joy, the joy, he prayed the price for our joy, the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God cross is bare. The tomb is empty, for he is not there. The church it sits on the throne That's right. waiting, pushing, pleading, come, come to Jesus. As we stand, we come to Jesus today and find that joy unspeakable joy that only He can provide. Come. You know you need to come. Come.
There are no words. But thank you. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. Amen. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.